0: friends and welcome to another episode of the resilient leaders podcast where we believe with a bone deep conviction that resilience and leadership is not simply a good idea. It's absolutely required. I'm J.R. Briggs, host of the podcast and founder of Kairos partnerships. It's an organization, a team of leaders who are committed to helping leaders just like you who are hungry and wanting to overcome your unique leadership challenges that you face each and every week. I know we have many faithful listeners to the podcast, so I want to say thank you for listening and for subscribing and for spreading the word. Well, every August for the past 12 years, my dad, brother, and I, we pick a mid major city somewhere in the United States and we explore it and enjoy experiencing a new place together. We have a blast, and we've had quite an experience over the last 12 years with different cities. Well, last month we went, we chose Buffalo, New York. We had a great time doing all sorts of stuff, stuff, kayaking the Erie Canal, uh, biking all over 14 miles all over the city, eating buffalo wings, of course, visiting the Buffalo Bills Stadium, and just enjoying life in and around Buffalo. Well, we went to a museum as well. More, More specifically, we went to the location where Teddy Roosevelt was inaugurated as president of the United States in 1901. Now. You may ask, why in Buffalo, New York, and not Washington, D.C., did Teddy Roosevelt be inaugurated? Well, great question. It's because the current president at the time, William McKinley, was at an event, the Pan American Fair in Buffalo, where he was assassinated in 1901 by an anarchist shot at point-blank range. And just like Lyndon Johnson, who was inaugurated and sworn in as president in an emergency location, an airplane. After JFK was killed years later, the vice president at the time, Theodore Roosevelt, became the next president of the U.S. in the parlor in the home of one of his friends in Buffalo. Now, my dad, brother, and I visited the house and the room where he was inaugurated. And as a history lover, this was fascinating. Now, I've always had a distant admiration and fascination with Teddy Roosevelt, but I wanted to know more about T.R., so I picked up a fantastic book titled Theodore Roosevelt on Leadership by James Strock. It draws on the life of Teddy Roosevelt and picks up themes and leadership lessons we can learn from how he lived his life. And in the book, there were chapters on various topics and themes in his life, such as leading where you are, courage, taking risks, doing hard things, working bravely in the darkness, taking action, getting the best out of your team. But chapter three was fascinating. It was titled, Always Learning. And it speaks of the insatiable lifelong learning posture that T.R. possessed. T.R. was quoted as saying, As soon as any man has ceased to be able to learn, his usefulness as a teacher is at an end. And when he himself can't learn, he has reached the stage where others can't learn from him. He also said that books are the best of companions. He told a friend that reading is a disease with me. And he said that books are for use, not for decoration. Now, he read in all sorts of fields, cutting across numerous disciplines from history and literature to science and philosophy and in several different languages. This allowed him a continual cross-fertilization of information in his own mind. In fact, there's a story that observers often marveled at his ability to read rapidly and to retain vast amounts of information. Owen Wister recalled a visit that he made to the White House, and in it, he said, in the train going to Washington one afternoon, I finished a book just published, which I felt sure would interest him. And when he came into my bedroom for a talk at about Half past five, which was his habit to do, I put the book in his hand called The New South. He turned the leaves over, decided to read it, and took it away. Next morning at breakfast, he reviewed the entire volume and discussed its main points. Now, he had left my room after six. We had a very large dinner party and additional guests after until bedtime about 11 p.m. Somewhere between 6 one evening and 8.30 the next morning, beside his dressing and his dinner and his guests and his sleep, he had read a volume of 300-plus pages and missed nothing of significance that it contained. <laughs> Fascinating. As president, Teddy Roosevelt routinely read one, two, and sometimes three books a day in the White House. When I heard this, I thought, Phew, nobody has an excuse that they don't have time to read. On top of that, he wrote three books that were published while he was the governor of New York. He didn't view education as beginning or ending in a classroom. Leadership scholar Warren Bennis found that dedication to ongoing learning is a constant and high priority among top leaders. But TR didn't Just learn from reading and writing. He also learned from his extensive travels, both throughout the United States and internationally. He loved nature. He was described as being a frequent and fast talker, but also a very productive listener. And he surrounded himself with great minds. He did not hesitate to turn to experts to ask for advice. Simply put, Teddy Roosevelt's thirst for learning was never quenched. The author author of this wonderful book, Theodore Roosevelt on Leadership, James Strock, he concluded with this paragraph at the end of the chapter. He said, quote, a leader dedicated to service, recognizing that it is an enterprise that can always improve and that additional responsibilities of service always arise, will make certain that his learning is perpetual. A leader's added value tends to arise not from what he has learned, but from the capacity to continue to learn. Uh, uh, Let me read that last line again. A leader's added value tends to arise not from what he has learned, but from the capacity to continue to learn. One of the leader's key roles is to educate, a word that derived from the Latin word means to lead forth. So when we educate ourselves and then we educate other people, we actually are leading into the future. We are leading forth. Now, as great as these stories are about TR, you may ask, well, what implications does this have for us as leaders today? There are four that I want to give you. Number one is to read. Read across several different disciplines so that you can cross-fertilize your mind. In a tweet that I read recently by Scott D. Clary, He said so wisely and articulately this. He said, the best way to learn is to teach. The best way to teach is to write. The best way to write is to think. And the best way to think is to read. So number one, read. Number two, reflect. Journal. Write. Some people keep a blog. You don't even have to publish your writings. But to think deeply by journaling, you don't have to journal every day. But force yourself to write so that you think better. Number three, surround yourself with interesting people that you can learn from. Surround yourself literally or digitally. Now, this could be real friends that you get together with and connect with over a meal or over a drink. It could be other leaders. It could be listening to certain podcasts. Hopefully, this podcast is helping you learn and listen and grow. Sometimes it means following certain people on Twitter. One of the main reasons I'm on Twitter is so that I can listen and learn from other leaders who are smarter better, and even different than me. I learn a great deal through my time on Twitter. And number four, look for ways to learn everywhere. Everywhere. Learn from children that you bump into, to what you read in the news, to what you hear from a friend, to what you see in nature. There are opportunities to learn all around us. So the challenge for us is can we learn to pay attention to what's around us, to connect the dots and then synthesize that? What are the implications? Read reflect, surround yourself with interesting people, and look for ways to learn everywhere. It's all around us. It reminded me once again that leaders should be insatiable lifelong learners. In fact, I would go so far as to say this, that when you stop learning, it's at that moment that you lose the right to lead others. Leaders never stop learning. Well, thanks for being with me today. Don't forget to get plugged into the resources and tools you can benefit benefit from daily by subscribing to the newsletter, Five Things in Five Minutes, which you can find the link in the show notes. You can also follow Kairos Partnerships on Instagram and Facebook for daily actionable tools and resources. You can also sign up for our free coaching test drive to see if coaching is a good fit for you. You can find out more in the episodes show notes. Well, this podcast is produced by the always humble, ever forward, often reading, Joel M. founder of On A Limb Productions, a company that produces videos and podcasts for leaders around the country. You can see his great work at onalimbproductions.com to learn more. Well, leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning. And remember, make a commitment to be a lifelong learner for it is in the learning that we earn our opportunities to lead. Have a great week.